Today's program has been brought to you by the International Culinary Center. Offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management. From culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit internationalculinarycenter.com. On behalf of our family of hosts, staff, and the millions of listeners who have tuned in since 2009, we want to wish you happy holidays and ask for your support as we launch our daily in-house news coverage. Please consider making us a part of your end-of-year giving in 2013. Your membership donation is tax-deductible and the best way to show you believe in our work and the importance of a free, food-focused media resource. Consider donating today at heritageradionetwork.org by clicking the Donate button. Thanks for your support, and enjoy the show. and welcome to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonney, and today we're coming to you from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You can listen to the show live every Thursday at 11 a.m. on heritageradionetwork.org or download the podcast on iTunes. Today I have not one, but three special guests with me, photographers, bloggers, and all-around food experts, Matt Armandiras and Christina Gill, and as well... Uh, writer and chef Julia Tertian. Today is extra, extra special because Matt is visiting from Los Angeles and Christina is here all the way from Rome. So to have all these people in one room is truly a treat. So thank you to everyone for being here. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Since Christina's been on air before and Julia's been on air before on Heritage, I'm going to start with Matt because I haven't gotten a chance to interview him yet. Matt, for people listening, let's start all the way, 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 way back and tell people um, where you grew up. I grew up in Galveston, Texas, of all places, but please don't fault me for that. <laughs> and did you grow up in a culinarily curious curious family? Or Absolutely. It was a big, um, large Mexican-American family um, where we cooked every single day, um, uh, lived with my grandparents, so um, food was the center of, of our lives, of our home. I mean, like most big, giant ethnic families, that's kind of how you show love. And did you think that was something you were going to pursue professionally? Absolutely not. No. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it was great and I loved my family's cooking, but um, I kind of just fell into food um, accidentally, but realized that it was the space that I wanted to live in because I loved everything about it. Did you study photography? No. Okay. No, no. no. What did you go to school for? Um, I didn't. I'm a dropout. Shh, oh, don't say that out you've loud. You've done so well. Oh, I think, thank you. I think yeah. you've done well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, no, I was actually uh, in food marketing, an art director for Whole Foods. Um, and creative director for many years. So I was always around food photography Mm -hmm. and I was kind of art directing food shoots and loved it so much because it was a great way to get out of the office, a wonderful way to work with people, um, stylists, chefs, all that stuff, and kind of um, moved into that organically. And what was your first big project out on your own? First big project? um, Probably uh, Mary Sue and Susan. Um, hired me to shoot some stuff for the restaurant, which was kind of... Um, and for those listening who don't know which restaurant that is. Uh, Border Grill, <laughs> Ciudad. Yeah. Um, amazing, amazing, amazing people. Um, that kind of started it all. It was kind of small jobs, but I think that was the, the first big thing. And that kind of just 
uh, snowballed into other things. And now, for people who are listening who aren't familiar with you, for everyone listening, Matt runs an incredible blog, which is how I first found out about you, called Matt Bites. Um, what what is sort of your full host of duties these days? Because I knew you primarily as a food photographer, but I feel like you have your hand on nine million different things right now. Yeah, um, these days I'm really focusing on food photography. I mean, that side has taken off, and um, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the momentum, and I want to stay busy. Um, in the past, I've uh, written a cookbook, written a book on food photography, um, styled, edited. Of course, my art direction background, creative director, uh, and graphic design. That was kind of how I started. Uh, that's what I did for the longest time. So um, all those things are kind of related, but these days it's really um, food photography. I, I should be blogging more, and I haven't lately. I feel like actually blogs are becoming less and less relevant, which I should not say out loud as a blogger. <laughs> Great. But I, I do feel like that. I feel like people are kind of leaving their home grounds a bit. They're leaving the blogs they've created that sort of were their initial platform and they're branching out into books and the TV and other projects like that. Do you feel that? Absolutely. And I think it's just because, I mean, we, you know, we're moving so fast these days mm-hmm. and, and microblogging and the ability to, to share more and talk about other things. Um, I don't know. even know what microblogging is. But yeah, I mean, I mean Twitter and, and, <laughs> oh, okay. and that face place place. I, I was going to have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, you guys. Um, I was going to say you've stumped the blogger yeah. <laughs> in the room. <laughs> no, that's just that's the kind of the the pl- the way that that we're sharing a message. I mean, it's all about communicating with others, and it's a two way two way dialogue process. And um, you know, blogging. It used to seem so fresh, and it still mm-hmm. is, but it's also a hell of a lot of work. I don't have to tell yes. you that. Um, so now to be able to share a quick message in 140 characters or less or put a quick thing up somewhere or pin it, that kind of thing. So that, I think that's the only reason why I blog less. And I've been working more. And, you yeah. know, uh, for those of you that don't blog, it takes a lot of time. It's a lot of work. Walk people through what the day in the life of Matt is like and maybe for an average photo shoot day. Because I don't think people actually realize how much work goes into something. Um, I, yeah, no, I don't think they do. I my day's always different, but let's just talk about if, if I'm shooting. So I'm up very early, um, ridiculously early. Uh, my friends on the East Coast like that because I can chat with them <laughs> in real time. But, um, yeah. And, and in Christina, Europe. And because Christina, she's already on Italian. She's, she's way up. <laughs> um, I'm up at 4, 4.15 every morning, which is really insane. I don't know why because I used to be such a party kind of guy. <laughs> but, um, you know, but it's the only time of the day where it's quiet and mm-hmm. no one's trying to get at me for stuff and um i can just drink coffee for an hour it's, it's really amazing um you know then we'll head to the studio i'm always kind of doing research about what i'm shooting um really trying to be buttoned up um fortunately i've been working a lot so i have to really kind of have everything in order um in terms of who i'm working with or even the the boring stuff like what file names I'm working with, that kind of thing, just all the stuff behind the scenes. So for me to really feel comfortable and get in the studio and enjoy what I do and be creative, I have to have all these things in order. So the first part of my day is doing that. Um, you know, we shoot natural light. We're in California. Um, it's sunny and beautiful. So we try to take advantage of that as much as possible. And fortunately, you know, by 4 or 5 o'clock, my day's winding down. I'm back home with my dogs um, <laughs> and drinking wine. Not not a bad life. Yeah. Um, well, you touched on something briefly that I want to talk about with all of us kind of as a group because everyone in here, except for me, 
<laughs> is working in food, but we all are working on the internet. Yes. Um, when you're talking about microblogging and social media and things like that, for me, it feels like Instagram in particular has had like an incredibly profound effect on the food photography industry, but on the food industry in general. I would love to get all your takes. Maybe, Matt, you kick us off um, with how you think. Let's just start with Instagram because I feel like they're all kind of very different. But how do you think Instagram has changed the business that you work in? I think it's, you know, we talked about everyone being able to communicate, you know, up till this point. I think Instagram's even opened more doors in terms of um, showing what we're eating, talking about what we're eating, uh, where we're at, what we're doing. Um, as far as changing food photography, I feel like Instagram's really limited. I mean, it's kind of, it does one thing and it does one mm-hmm. thing well. Um, you know, I hope people don't get too stuck in that because I'm sure there'll be something else coming. But it's just kind of one more way of talking about food. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Well, for me, um, I look at the Instagram photos and I wish that my camera, my DSLR or my film camera would make those photos. And I kind of mm. feel like it's not, it, it takes a lot more working with a camera to get the photos that Instagram does. So I think Instagram has its place and then other photography has its place. And I don't think one replaces the other. They're complementary, if I, if I can use the word complementary. Mm-hmm. What about you, Julia? Um, I mean, I can't speak as a photographer because both of these guys can, I think. Um, but from a consumer point of view and someone who writes about food and tries to celebrate it in other ways, I think it succeeds in making people excited and I mean, there was just that article this weekend about the like Instagram envy, and I think food is completely about desire, and it's like what you want, and then all of a sudden you're seeing what other people are enjoying and posting, and it creates all this excitement, which I'm totally for because I think it creates more work for all of us. Um, but from a photography standpoint, you know, point of view, I think it's really, I think it's hard because everything looks so good on Instagram, but you can't. You know, if you're blowing those pictures up, they're not going to print well mm-hmm. in a cookbook. They're not going to look great, like huge online. And Absolutely. everyone thinks they're a great photographer. And it's like, I mean, they're eating great food. That's for sure. But not everyone is producing great work. So, yeah. Well, it's yeah, an interesting point to make because I think one of the things I used to hear a lot is like, oh, well, anyone with a phone can take a good shot because Instagram makes things look pretty. But I, when you were saying that, I was instantly reminded of that. Like, there was a post on Jezebel a couple weeks ago of all the terrible food photos that Martha Stewart has taken. <laughs> and there were like 40 photographs of like things that looked like they were... It's a lot of Russian dressing. Yeah. A lot of Russian dressing. <laughs> a lot of stuff that looked like you would not want to eat it. Right. But it was just an interesting reminder of how like if you don't actually know what you're doing, you can end up with some bad shots. Um, have you guys seen it shape uh, Matt and Christina, the the way you get requests for photographs, are you seeing? I'm curious to see if people want you to shoot things directly above, because, <laughs> yeah. because that seems to be the go-to. Um, well, some of my clients, not so much with Instagram, and we can talk about Pinterest now, um, or oh. um, you know, yeah, we're saving that for after our break in one minute because that's a whole other. Oh, okay, well, let me just <laughs> let me just say this: um, some clients now um, are requesting images um, that uh, can be easily pinned or. Mm don't mind me Instagramming something. So it's definitely slowly crept into, you know, the discussion. Yeah. What about you, Christina? Um, for me, I, I wouldn't... So the overhead shot, I think there there is the request for it because it is easy. It is clean. You don't have to worry about weird angles. And there are certain foods that look best from overhead, and that's 
that's that. Um, like a soup, for example, mm-hmm. is really hard to take a picture of in a different way. I mean, it can be. Obviously, Matt can tell he can do it six ways to Sunday. Um, but for um, me, especially when I get people for the column, I do say, okay, look, just the type of photography I need for your beauty. Just think of something you'd want to see on Pinterest. Mm. And and I do tell people getting in their frame of mind that 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 is what they should be aiming for okay we're going to open the pandora's box that is pinterest after the break we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with matt armandiras christina gill and julia tertian National Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at InternationalCulinaryCenter.com. Hey, welcome back to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonney, and today we're having a bit of a food show uh, with Christina Gill, Matt Armandiras, and Julia Tertian. And before the break, we were talking about Pinterest and how that's affected not only requests from clients for photography, but the way it's requesting or affecting the way I think people look at food in general. Matt, I'm curious to know how Pinterest has affected you as, as a producer. Like, what are clients requesting? Um, you know, we've got our shot list. We have things we have to do. Um, and now there's oh can we do pinterest photos and what Um, what do you think that means i think that means the format i think that means a simplified layout i think it means something that you know removing other things getting closer to the food something that somebody can see quickly um and it's very interesting that that's now a part of what we do because pinning is such a big deal Mm -hmm. um don't even get me started on pinterest (laughs) <laughs> We're going there. It's oh, happening. Damn it. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> Christina, what about you? I I guess I never really thought about Pinterest because I'm not good at keeping up with Pinterest. But one day <laughs> I periodically go back and review the column and I noticed that Lara Ferroni's picture on there, but this was like almost like a year ago, had 64,000 pins. And I started to go back through the whole site because Design Sponge is I think designed. it's Molly Hatch's plate that made that sh- shot so good. Well, that, that the, no, no, that's a different one. Oh. Okay, so that's a, a different one. And when I started to go back and say, okay, this is a design site, so food should not be, you know, the number one thing on there. Nothing else on your site has that many pins. Mm-hmm. And we have... Except maybe Max's tape frames he made. That has like an insane amount of pins. Again, super, super simple. Very clean. He just used like washi tape to make frames on a wall. So hers is, I mean, it's way more than 64,000 now. I think it's over 70,000. It may be even like close to 80,000. I started to go through and we have food pins that are 25,000, 27,000 pins. 
And I mean, I guess I started to realize, okay, that's where the popularity is. Mm -hmm. Comments are gone. We don't get comments Mm -hmm. anymore. And I judge how well something is doing by the pins. And I guess maybe that's right or wrong, but that's, that's how I look at it. It's true. That's become the way that people measure that. But for me, the thing I want to dive into is whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing for photographers and producers of content in general. Because if you're producing images that are then being pinned 64,000 times, nine times out of 10, that's not being pinned from the original source of that content. It's not coming from Matt Bites. It's right. not coming from Christina. Um, it's just someone else like taking a screen grab or grabbing it and being like, I want to make this thing. And then that picture inspires another post and inspires another post and nobody has any idea where it comes from. I'm curious to see, do you guys have that same sentiment of that being an issue or do you feel like there's been more of a positive effect? What are your general thoughts on? I think in general it's positive. Um, I mean, my goal is to get as many eyeballs to see what I do. And I feel like it's dissimilar. It's the same as an idea, you know, um, it just gets shared and it loses its original creator. I, I, I think that's sad. I mean, we should really make sure we know where these images are coming from. But I've learned to make peace with the interwebs <laughs> um, and just to accept that um, these things are going to happen. I, I happen to have a voice online, so I can also talk about that image. I have a place to talk about it, so I don't feel like if it gets separated mm. or too far from me... Um, that it's a bad thing it's inevitable um and that's not really um what i find annoying about pinterest Mm. okay what do you find annoying about pinterest (laughs) i oh goodness i should really be honest shouldn't i yes you should (laughs) um okay lie to me you're in a safe place okay thank you thank you for that um i think i create images that's that's my job that's my life um and i enjoy that so i physically and mentally can't understand sitting around and looking at things and mm. pinning it. I just to me it's it's much more exciting and worth my time to create something and to put it out there. Um but I'm not sliding anybody else that pins. I mean mm-hmm. that's that's we're we're all, you know, it's this visual commerce. Um but that I think that's why I don't I'm, I I enjoy Pinterest but I'm not a super user because I want to create the images. Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting that you use the phrase visual commerce because for me, the commerce aspect ends up falling on the people who have the Pinterest pages that are popular. That's so true. And then they're curating other people's images, which I find fascinating because like the top 20 pinners that are on Pinterest are all these like very stylish, beautiful girls for the most part who are pinning other people's entertaining stories, beautiful women. Beautiful women. (laughs) and, you know, recipes and other things like that. And it's funny because I've seen Julia's recipe for the chickpea recipe that you did for the cookbook, <laughs> It's All Good, is all over the place because it's healthy and, you know, and it's, it's easy it's and it's easy and for all these good reasons, but it's never attributed. And if it is, it's like, I think it came from this other yeah. book. And but what's so interesting is I think because I have a, a little bit, I think, more of an objective perspective on this because I'm not involved in Pinterest and I don't understand it <laughs> at all. Um, but it's not a new problem. It's just a problem that's being presented maybe to a community mm. that hasn't faced it before because it's, I mean, my my work is in cookbooks and you can't copyright a recipe, which is sort of, it's going back to the same thing of, you know, um, maybe I'm creating this, say, chickpea dish or something, but I, I didn't, you know, come up with chickpeas or like roasting cauliflower. I mean, these are things that, I, I don't know where I got the idea to do that and it's probably maybe I had it at a restaurant I don't know I can't remember but I just felt like inspired in that moment of writing a recipe 
and I think it goes back to the same thing and you know you want eyeballs on your work as a photographer and you know I my goal I think it just makes you check in with your goals because I I want people to cook great food for people they love that Mm -hmm. is all I want to do in life so if that is helping promote that but maybe I'm not getting the recognition I'd like or the or you know money for the work I'm creating like that's frustrating but it helps me try to think of other ways to do that because I mean it's it's awesome to be able to get paid for work you love and I think we're all pretty privileged Mm-hmm. to be able to say that here so Absolutely. you know it's it's definitely a problem but it's just it's not it's a problem that's existed yeah i'm curious to see how that does, how that moves forward because i think the except exception of me all of you sitting in this room most of you like you're working for a client or you're working for somebody else and you have someone who's providing the funds for you to produce the creative work and so it's their uh, that other person's responsibility to come up with how they find the funds to hire the talent basically right. but if you're someone who has you're the sort of the end game of you're the publisher you're the website you're the magazine you're the tv show whatever it is those people their goal ends up being like traffic or subscribers or whatever that thing is and i'm always just curious to see how that's going to affect the actual end goal person because if we have to find a way to pay creatives which i think everyone can agree is a necessity how does that happen when you're losing the eyes or you're not getting credit or whatever those things are i think it leaves publishers in in a really interesting place Mm -hmm. of how are we going to make money and i think at this point pinterest is kind of a necessary evil and if you if you're not on there you're you're losing the game so you have to be involved totally but let's talk about positive things (laughs) involving involving (laughs) social media um i want to talk about sort of positive interactions that you guys have had um that you didn't expect that wouldn't have happened without sort of the way that publishing is involved, whether it's um, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Have any of you had experiences that have come solely from you having a presence on those places? Like, had someone interacted with a photograph of yours, Matt, on Facebook or Twitter that maybe that never would have happened in the first place or you got a job that way? Has anything ever happened that you didn't expect from those outlets? Yeah, I think my whole career has happened because of social media. I mean, in fact, I know, I know it has. I mean, nothing changed... Nothing was a, such a, a big shift in my life um, until I started taking pictures and sharing them online. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I a hundred percent to social media, um, which is almost kind of scary because mm-hmm. I think, what if that didn't exist? What if this was twenty years ago? Would I be doing the same thing? I'm not saying that I exist, be, like you know, I, that's the validation I need, but um, I was able to. Um, have an idea, share it visually, and that got the work out. So, I mean, for me, it's been beneficial. I'm sure, like I said, if I was a photographer 25 Mm -hmm. years ago, there'd be a different way. It might be slower. um, It it might be better. Who knows? But um, being able to create and to share that with the world and to have a discussion and have it come back to me um, I've, I've gotten, I mean, most, most of my work, you know, my early work. Yeah. What about you, Julia and Christina? I think it's the same. And I, I think, you know, as we were talking before the show, how we all know each other, that's all online based. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I love the fact that I was in touch with Julia mm-hmm. even before. <laughs> and I wouldn't even accept her recipe for the column. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about that next? <laughs> I wouldn't accept On the, the recipe next episode. for the column. Because <laughs> that's the real story. And I somehow I feel that some people in this room's lives could have been changed and I just accepted the recipe. But anyway, <laughs> another story for another episode. But yes, definitely the, the internet um, is is a very quick way to locate people and you do have to not everybody has a presence it depends on how you do your business but i think it's a 
it's also a courtesy to everybody else out there to show that you do care. You know that there's this thing called the internet. And even if it's a minimal presence, one tweet a day or one tweet a week, you should have it out there uh, just so people can see who you are and, and, and know a little bit more about you. What about you, Julia? Yeah, I don't think I had any major work opportunity that came from the internet. And I'm, I think I'm probably the least plugged in person in this room. But I think... I mean, the only social media I use personally is Instagram, and I really like how it makes me just aware of what other people are doing in the community that I work in, and it's great to see who's working with who and, you know, understand those relationships and, um, you know, and who's, I mean, for me, I'm always, I just always want to know where everyone's eating, and I, like, I'm just personally <laughs> and professionally, I'm so curious about that, and it, like, lets you know that in this really straightforward way, and I mean, I think that's all, I think there's something so positive about all of it, and I think the things that are frustrating, we're just all kind of figuring out, because mm-hmm. it's new to all of us. And I think it's exciting to think about social media, and particularly Instagram, as a way to sort of get an, a peek at, like, what's coming next. And I think in the food industry in particular, I love, like, I think I had to Google what the hashtag, like, what essentially stands for what work looks like today which I didn't understand I saw in Nicole Franzen's feed Uh and I didn't understand it and then I realized oh I'm like hashtagging that and I'm now following all these like food people and I get to see like what what recipes are coming up at this restaurant what cookbooks people are working on and it's sort of this interesting peek into the future um, which makes me kind of want to we're almost out of time which is so sad because I could talk to you guys for hours um I want to talk about what's exciting on the horizon from all of you, both personally and then what you're most excited about within your industry right now. Is there anything happening or movements you're feeling that you think are kind of exciting and positive for either food or photography? Um, I think visually things are getting more real. I think mm. as, as Americans or, you know, the American reader or viewer, we're starting to see food a little, we're a little more open mm-hmm. about it, which opens, I think, the door to to how we cook it, what we cook, how we see it, how we shoot it. So that's really exciting. I mean, things, you know, it doesn't have to be a certain way anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think doors are are being broken down and people are a little more open to to food and it's great. I mean, we reap the benefits. What about you guys? Um, I... I'm excited about that the more people who are continually interested in food, it means the more ingredients are available and spoken about. And I think as a cook, um, that is really exciting. And personally, I'm excited because I get to celebrate Christmas this year, which I've never done before. <laughs> so I'm super excited. <laughs> I really, I can't wait. So. <laughs> what about you, Christina? Um, I, I, that's a very difficult question for me, but I, get, I guess I'm excited more along the lines of what Julia said. Um, in that because there's more of an interest in food, you find more people actually taking a risk on producing food, opening up small businesses where the quality of food matters. So you have more of a choice uh, in eating. I'm from Nashville. Nashville is changing in leaps and bounds. And it's always really interesting to go back and see what's being done there. Um, And aside from that, I am really excited about film photography. I know I talked about this in April, but I just something has got to keep film alive because it's dying and so I'm going to start proselytizing (laughs) well talk to my clients because they want everything the day of and that doesn't work with film so (laughs) sorry (laughs) 
Oh, all oh, right. Well. I could listen to three of you talk for hours, but we are sadly out of time. Thank you so much for being here, all three of you. For everyone listening, you can visit Matt at mattbites.com. You can get Julia at juliatertian.com and Christina at christinagill.com and every Friday on Design Sponge uh, with In the Kitchen. Thanks so much for being here, you three, and I hope you guys all have a fun night out. There's many, many good restaurants and dinners in everyone's future. Thank you Thank so much you for having us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.